Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Spider-Man Far From Home in today's statistics episode. Spider-Man Far From Home, sequel to 2017's Spider-Man Homecoming, and um, approximately, by my numbers, 31st film uh, as part of the MCU. That includes one-shots, short films, and such like that. Uh, Yeah, Homecoming 2017. Spider-Man... Uh, the third cinematic imagining of the character. I did a review episode. Don't have to spend too much time on that today, but we're going to do statistics. Uh, I will warn you, first and foremost, heads up, spoilers throughout this episode. What spoilers are there in the statistics? Um, Pretty much just the characters. Uh, So the statistics... And actors in this movie do include anyone that shows up in post-credit scenes. And there's one or two. Uh, so, yeah. Forewarned. Forewarned. Alright. Spider-Man, colon, Far From Home is a 2019 film that clocks in at about two hours and five minutes, give or take. I ended up giving it a 57. A 57. I saw it. July 6th, 2019. My brief summary of the film is Peter is split between saving the world and being a kid on a field trip. I think it's more of like a summer trip, but eh, easier to just type field trip. I've only seen it once. I don't particularly have much interest in seeing it again, uh, but I suppose, I mean, I, I'll, I'm sure I will. At some point, uh, when I re- next time I rewatch the MCU, so uh, we'll get there. Like I said, I give it a 57. It currently has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes, so uh, I was fairly low on it relative to the field. But I mean, I'm only three points away from what I would consider a fresh rating, so I can kind of understand. It is currently ranked 35th for the year and 3,602nd all time. As far as the Bechdel test is concerned, I think it only gets a 1. I don't think any of the female characters that have names talk to each other. You've got Kobe Smulders, Angry Rice, and Zendaya, and Aunt May. And I can't remember a scene that they shared. Any of those characters actually talk to each other, like even Angry Rice and Zendaya, who were on the field trip together. I don't think they have a conversation. Could be wrong, but uh, as far as I'm aware, it's just a one. It's PG-13 film. It is the 441st ranked action movie, the 443rd ranked adventure movie, and the 282nd ranked sci-fi movie. Within the Spider-Man franchise of the MCU, it is number two falls behind Homecoming. Uh, Homecoming has a 70, and I gave Far From Home a 57. 
They have an average rating of 63.5 to be a total of 4.3 hours in running time. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is, as I said, the 31st film by my numbers. Uh, I believe it's the 22nd? 23rd? Uh, 20, let me see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, so yeah, 23rd film, it's 23rd feature length film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, when you include the short films, uh, it falls in at number, jeez, so far down, number 21, so number 21 just behind Avengers Infinity War and just ahead of Captain America Civil War. So, uh, yeah, two other movies that also have Spider-Man in them. What are the odds? Cool. Spider-Man. He's, uh, he's a guy. Looks like a spider. Sort of. Not really. Doesn't really look like a spider. Anyway, moving on. Director. Who directed Spider-Man Far From Home? And that person was John Watts. This is the third film of his uh, that I've logged. He drops his average film rating to a 68 even. It is his only film rated in the 50s and worst movie overall, coming in behind Spider-Man Homecoming. I also saw his film Cop Car, which I thought was pretty good. He now has a value of 2, a score of 42.8, to be ranked 356th overall, tied with David Leach, who directed Deadpool 2 and... Atomic Blonde. John Watts is one spot behind Jean Renoir and one spot ahead of Christian Mongu, both foreign language film directors. Uh, the direction in Spider-Man uh, Far From Home was not good. Not good. One of the weaker elements of the film. Um, you know, just uh, outside of, I think, a lot of the Mysterio action sequence stuff and the illusions and, and whatnot, uh, I think the film really suffers in the direction and in the writing, uh, which we will now get to. Far From Home, credited writers. You've got Chris McKenna and Eric Summers, a writing duo who also worked on some other stuff. This is their fifth film that I've seen. It drops their average film rating to a 61.6. It is their second film right in the 50s and uh, third best movie overall, coming in behind Spider-Man Homecoming. And just ahead, one point ahead of Jumanji, colon, Welcome to the Jungle, which I kind of want to rewatch uh, because, I don't know, I remember it being a lot more fun than Spider-Man Far From Home, but fun is not necessarily better. So um, McKenna and Summers also wrote Ant-Man and the Wasp, which is not good, and Lego Batman movie, the Lego Batman movie, which is really good. They have a value of 1, a score of 45 even, and are ranked 460th overall, just behind Hideaki Anno, who wrote, um, maybe I'm pronouncing that correctly, but he is one of the writing minds and creative minds behind Evangelion. Uh, and then they are just ahead of Alberto Moravia, 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 who is a foreign, an Italian writer on such films as Contempt, the Conformist, and Two Women. Uh, yeah, the direction suffers. The writing as well. Some of the jokes in this are just um, bad, and others are repetitive and boring and bland. Outside of, you know, like I said, the action stuff, 
uh, which isn't exactly writing. And uh, the opening sequence with Angry Rice and Jorge something something Jr. who do the uh, high school news channel show, that's great. And that's written really well. But so much of the, the dialogue in this is, is really rough. Really rough. Um, wait, maybe there's more writers. Hold on. No, it's just them. Cool. All right, here's the actors. Here's here's what here's the good stuff. This is the good stuff. The actors that were in Spider-Man: colon, Far From Home. We are going to start with Jake Gyllenhaal, Mysterio himself, Quentin Beck. This is the 38th film of his that I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 59.66. It is his fourth film in the 50s and 23rd best movie overall, coming in behind The Day After Tomorrow and ahead of Horror Show, which is a short film. He has a value of 8, a score of 64.68 to be ranked 218th overall, one spot behind Edward Norton, one spot ahead of Deborah Winger. John Hall is, uh, in my opinion, the the easily the best performer performance in the movie. Uh, it's really not that close, and... Uh, Mysterio is, uh, I really like what they did with the character, but I think they, they, I don't know, they, they didn't go far enough, uh, in, in some cases, um, I don't know, once we get to the third act, he just kind of becomes a blithering, like, angry man, and I think there's so much, he's so much more complex than that, I feel like, in the first two acts. And I don't know why he just kind of all of a sudden doesn't have a personality. Next up is Marissa Tomei. This is the 26th film credit of hers that I've seen. It is, drops her average film rating to a 61.31. It is her eighth film, rated in the 50s, and 16th best movie overall, coming in behind She Said, She Said, and ahead of Trainwreck. She has a value of 7, a score of 63.93, to be ranked 239th overall, one spot behind Dean Stockwell, one spot ahead of Arthur Stewart Hall. She plays Aunt May, whose primary role in this movie is to flirt with Jon Favreau. They do they do Aunt May dirty, dirty. They really do. Next up is Martin Starr. This is the 18th film credit of Martin Starr that I have seen. It drops his average film rating to a 58.39. It is his fifth film rated between rated in the 50s and 11th best movie overall, coming in behind uh, Amira and Sam and ahead of Veronica Mars. He has a value of 3.5 and a score of 56.05 to be ranked 699th overall, just under the line of that top 700. Uh, he's one spot behind Sasha Baron Cohen and one spot ahead of Lauren Bacall. Honorary Academy Award winner Lauren Bacall. Martin Starr uh, doesn't really need to be in this movie. I mean, he and J.B. Smoove could be combined into a single character. That would have been fine. I don't know if it would have been as believable to accept all these kids out on a field trip or on a vacation to Europe with just one supervising adult, but from a writing standpoint and from a character standpoint, uh, you didn't need two people for that those roles. Next up is Tom Holland, Spider-Man, Peter Parker. This is the 15th film credit of his I've seen. It 
drops his average film rating to a 58.27. It is his fifth film rated in the 50s and eighth best movie overall, right in the middle, coming in behind Avengers Infinity War and ahead of The Lost City of Z. Uh, he has a value of 2.5, a score of 53.91, to be ranked 877th overall. One spot behind Philip Proctor, one spot ahead of James Garner. Um, I don't really have a problem with Tom Holland as Spider-Man. I think my Spider-Man issues are more just how the character is written, not how he's played. I think, you know, you could write Tom Holland's Spider-Man like Garfield's or like Maguire's, and I think Tom Holland would be just fine. Uh, adapting to that performance it's more in the writing that i think the issues arise um i don't know maybe he can find a new life as the night monkey maybe all right here is the first like real character spoiler uh so if you do not want to see to know um well you've now been warned twice next up is ben mendelson this is the 23rd film credit of his that I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 55.7. It is his fifth film, rated in the 50s, and 12th best movie overall, coming in behind Darkest Hour and ahead of his, a role as himself in I Am Heath Ledger. He has a value of 1.5, a score of 52.74, and is ranked 985th overall, one spot behind Grace Kelly, and one spot ahead of Gabriel Byrne. Ben Mendelsohn as Talos uh, from Captain Marvel makes an appearance in this, and I like it. I, I just, I like it. It kind of recontextualizes the movie, and I think that's exciting. I'm kind of like Infinity War, though. It's one of those things where, like, well, it makes me really excited to see what happens next, but it doesn't particularly make this movie good. You know, it's more of like, oh, the potential is really good moving forward, but the existing product is uh, uninteresting, unexciting. Next up is Tony Revolori. This is the fifth film credit of his I've seen. It drops his average film rating to a 66 even. It is his only film rating in the 50s and fourth best movie overall, coming in behind Spider-Man Homecoming and ahead of Table 19. He has a value of 2.5, a score of 49.64, to be ranked 1,302nd overall. One spot behind Oprah Winfrey, and one spot ahead of Jason Bateman. Tony Revolori reprising his role as Flash is kind of just, uh, you know, more annoying and insufferable. I don't know how many times we need the I love Spider-Man, but I hate you, Peter Parker, joke. I'm sure it'll be in the third movie, though. Uh, next up is Kobe Smulders. This is the 15th film credit of hers I've seen. It increases her average film rating to a 55.87. It is her fourth film rated in the 50s and seventh best movie overall, coming in behind Infinity War and ahead of They Came Together. She has a value of negative 0.5, a score of 48.79 to be ranked 1,401st overall. One spot behind Mitsuki Tanimura. And one spot ahead of Rory Kinnear. Kobe Smulders bringing back um, Agent Hill, Maria Hill. Again, I said this in the review, but she's kind of just, this is a recognizable face for everyone to see. And that's the only role she plays. 
Next up is John Favreau. This is the 31st film credit of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 52.26. It is his fifth film rating in the 50s and 16th best movie overall, coming in behind uh, performance as himself in With Great Power, colon, The Stanley Story, and ahead of John Carter. He has a value of negative one, a score of 48.09, and is ranked 1,483rd overall. One spot behind... Um, Henry Goodman, or if you prefer, Peter Fonda, and one spot ahead of Ray Winstone. Favreau as Happy. I like Happy. I don't need Happy, but, uh, you know, I, I, I like him. I would rather... Yeah, I, I, I don't know what role he has in this, these movies anymore. I mean, it seems like they're shoehorning him in to be, you know, the romantic interest of Aunt May, and that's gonna how he's going to stick around, but that's just, it's not a, he's playing Alfred to to Peter Parker, in a sense, and uh, maybe, oh, here's a thought, I don't know, maybe they're kind of setting him up to be another, a secondary Uncle Ben figure to, to Peter, but like they kind of did that with Tony already, so yeah, I don't know, I don't know, uh, I don't know. Next up is <clears throat> Samuel L. Jackson. This is the 88th film credit of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 54.31. It is his seventh film rated in the 50s and 46th best movie overall. Coming in behind Lakeview Terrace and ahead of Glass. Uh, he has a value of negative 7, a score of 46.1, to be ranked 1,736th overall, one spot behind Alida Valley, and one spot ahead of Rosanna Arquette. Fury's back. Um, yeah, he's he's got a big, sizable role in this movie. It's not quite Captain Marvel level, but it's uh, one of the bigger roles he's played in a Marvel movie to, the, to date. And just going to leave it at that. <laughs> Just going to leave it at that. Next up is another end credits, post credits, end of the movie type character introduction. J.K. Simmons. This is the 45th film of his I've seen. It increases his average format to a 51.82. It is his second film right in the 50s and 22nd best movie overall. Coming in behind The Lady Killers and ahead of The Meddler. He has a value of negative 4.5, a score of 45.12, and is ranked 1,855th overall, one spot behind Molly Parker, and one spot ahead of Vivian Leigh. Lee? Leigh? Lee? Um, yeah, J.K. Simmons reprising slash reinventing his role as J. Jonah Jameson. Easily the thing I was most excited about coming out of this movie and uh, probably the thing I will be most looking forward to in the third Spider-Man movie. Depending on, you know, what the movie's about. Or, like, who the villain is and so on. Next up is Jacob Batalon. This is the fifth film credit of his I've seen. It in drops his average film rating to a 57.2. It is his second film rated in the 50s and fourth best movie overall. Coming in behind Infinity War and ahead of Every Day. Um... He has a value of 1, a score of 41.86, to be ranked 2,276th overall, one spot behind John Deal, and one spot ahead of Rose Byrne. Jacob Badalon 
bringing his uh oh man what is the, he's the guy in the chair and i don't know what his name is uh it's not gonna come to me it's not gonna come to me nope i don't know he um he was kind of irrelevant in this movie yeah I, he, I liked him a lot more in, in Homecoming. Next up is Angry Rice. This is her eighth film credit that I've seen, increasing her average film rating to a 49.5. It is her second film rated in the 50s and fifth best movie overall, coming in behind The Beguiled and ahead of These Final Hours. She has a value of negative 1.5, a score of 38.1, and is ranked 2,795th overall. One spot behind Eva Marie Saint, and one spot ahead of Chris Browning. She plays one of the news people, and uh, I really like Angry Rice. But outside of the news sequence, I think um, I just I, I don't know what the movie was trying to do with her, and it, it just it was so inconsequential and so random, and, and really didn't make sense to me why they gave her the uh arc that they get they did if it's an arc i don't know that it's really an arc anyway moving on to zendaya this is her fifth film credit increasing her average filming to a 46.2 it is her second film rated in the 50s and second best movie overall coming in behind spider-man homecoming she has a value of negative two a score of 31 even oh uh behind spider-man homecoming and ahead of the greatest showman Value of negative two, score of 31 even, to be ranked 3,645th overall, one spot behind Christopher McDonald, and one spot ahead of Adam Arkin. Zendaya, MJ, uh, perhaps second best in show uh, to Gyllenhaal in this movie. I really like her take on MJ, and she's aloof, and she's strange and weird, and it works, and she's really good at this role. So I'm a fan. I'm really happy that she knows Peter's identity, and um, yeah, if there's a second thing I'm looking forward to in the third movie, it's her relationship with Peter, now that, you know, she's in the know, she understands, she she gets it. Next up is J.B. Smoove, this is the 11th film credit of his I've seen, it increases his average film rating to a 33.91, it is his First film rated in the 50s and third best movie overall, coming in behind Pootie Tang and ahead of The Polka King. He has a value of negative 10.5, a score of 18.19, and is ranked 4,601st overall. One spot behind Robert Knepper and one spot ahead of Yvonne Strahovski. Yeah, like I said, uh, he and Martin Starr's characters could have been combined from a writing standpoint. Maybe not from a practicality standpoint, but then just write it better. So, yeah, write it better. That's the answer. Uh, those are all the actors. Those are all the performers. Those are all the people in the movie that do things in the movie that made the spreadsheet, at least. Um, yeah, it is what it is. Let's see. Did that does not have any academy awards i don't envision any academy awards love for this it's not going to win you know get on the special effects list 
when you've got, you know, Endgame and Captain Marvel and Lion King and whatever else is coming out uh, this year. All these other movies seem to have much better special effects, so I think it's going to get hung out to dry in that in that regard. Um, that's it. Like, there's really nothing else to it. Circle of Film Awards currently has a slot for one of them in supporting for Jake Gyllenhaal. That is all it's on the list for right now, and uh, odds are it does not hold on to that for much longer. All right, moving on. 2019 year in statistics. This is the this is one of the 135 films released in 2019 that I've seen. It is one of the 723 films I've seen in this calendar year. It increases the average rating of 2019 films to 40.58. It increases their tomato meter to 61.69. It is the 26th action, one of the 25 adventure films, and one of the 21 sci-fi films that I've seen from this year. Uh... It is not a good nor a bad film, statistically speaking. So the ratio between good, of good to bad films is 30 to 82, or 0.37 good films for every bad one. As a 1 on the Bechdel test, it is part of the 22.22% of films from 2019 that have a 1 on the Bechdel test. Not good. As a PG-13 film, it is the 35th one of those that I have seen. Uh, R-rated films really leading the way, as they tend to do. 52 R-rated films this year. Um, curious. No, oh, I guess that does add up. Yep. Um, cool. So, 52 R-rated films, 35 PG-13 films. Um, and finally, finally, as a film rated 57, if this will load. It is one of the 117 films that also have that rating uh, all time. So, other films that have that score. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, They Shall Not Grow Old, Transit, The Old Man and the Gun, All About Nina, They Came, Then Came You, Batman Ninja, The Wife, uh, To the Bone, Lemon, um, Jackie, Christine, Lost City of Z, Shin Godzilla, Ouija, The Origin of Evil, Eye in the Sky, Far From the Madding Crowd, Trainwreck, Magic Mike XXL, Due Date, Rio, Le Havre, Celia, Jack Reacher, Amour, The Game, Independence Day, Sister Act, let's go back into the old days, um, the 1950s version of Titanic, <laughs> Around the World in 80 Days, Old Yeller, Escape from the Planet of the Apes, um, Alice Adams, and you can even go all the way back <laughs> to 1897. 1897, The Surrender of Tornavos, which is a short film from 1897 by uh, um, um, Lumiere. Is that right? No, it's not Lumiere. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? I will figure it out. Um, why don't I see his name? Should have been higher. Oh, uh, Melier. Georges Melier. Probably pronouncing that very wrong. Surrender of Tornavos. It's a good one. It's a good short, silent film from the 1980s or 1890s. 
Uh, yeah, there's a ton of them. I just kind of skipped through and found a handful that I felt were recognizable in some degree. That is Spider-Man colon Far From Home. Spider-Man Far From Home, the newest film in the MCU. So, yeah, you know, make of that what you what you will. I don't know, like, you look at last year, you have Black Panther, uh, followed by Infinity War, followed by Ant-Man and the Wasp. I felt last year those films got progressively worse. There's a much bigger jump between Black Panther and Infinity War than Infinity War and Ant-Man and the Wasp, in my opinion. And um, the kind of inverse is true here. I still think, I still rated these films in descending order, so Captain Marvel, then Endgame, then Far From Home, but the gap is much, much, much closer between Captain Marvel and Endgame than it is between Endgame and Far From Home. So, yeah, those are some things. They are happening and happening. So, Spider-Man. Far From Home, that is today's statistics episode. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you would like to get in touch with me, maybe you love this movie. 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm sure a lot of people did. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Circle of Film, Letterboxd, at Circle of Film, or email circleoffilm at gmail.com. You can support the show, like, rate, review, subscribe, whatever, wherever, or go to patreon.com slash circle of film. And for as little as eight cents an episode, you can become a patron. And there are various rewards that you can um, receive in addition. You can also check out the website, circleoffilm.com, for every episode and much, much more things. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same I know she'll never leave me Even as she fails